It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Four minutes after two, you're listening to SENZ. Telephone number 0800 150 You can text us here on double eight double three. Let's change it up. Let's talk some golf. I always say this, often asked what I enjoy the most in sport. One of the very best things is the final day of a golfing major, the back nine. I think you see on the back nine the reason why there's an industry called sports psychologists. You see it all, don't you? They talk about sport being the top two inches and that is a metaphor for it. John Ram, the Spaniard, winning it, his second Grand Slam, also won the US Open a few years back. To reflect on the Masters, we're going to head stateside now and catch up with Dan Walken from USA Today. Dan, good evening. Welcome. Hey, how are you guys? Very good, thank you. Right, so we had another edition of the Masters, um, somewhat delayed Masters at times, but John Ram ends up winning this. He seemed like a popular winner, particularly not being American. There's no doubt, yeah. I was out following the final group uh, yesterday uh, for uh, the back nine, and I thought he got a lot of support. Brooks Kepka, obviously an American player, but John Rahm, even though he's not you know, from America, uh, he obviously plays on the PGA Tour. He lives in Arizona, um, you know, flawless English, and, and he's just a guy who, you know, really cares. And, and I think people who are golf fans, and that's the type of people you end up getting at the Masters, people who – really follow the sport um, for uh, the whole year, they recognize that, that Rom is really one of the most thoughtful and interesting personalities on the tour, obviously had a huge role in the debate between the PGA Tour and Liv, deciding to stay. And I just think that he's just very well liked by the American fans. Yeah, they've got a, a quite a rich history, haven't they, the Spanish? You go right back to Sevi Barristeros having won at 1980-83, and then you've had Jose Maria Olazabal winning at 94-99, Sergio Garcia back in 2017, and it's almost like success breeds success. The legacy of those previous golfers you're now seeing in John Ram. Yeah, and it's interesting kind of with the backstory of him and his family. The reason his parents uh, got him into golf is because they fell in love with the game during the Ryder Cup in 1997, which was played in Spain at the Valderrama, famous uh, golf course there. And uh, first time the Ryder Cup had been in Spain. And that's when his, his folks uh, were really introduced to the game at that level and became huge fans. And uh, so that really, that, that event, that moment, and obviously you know, Seve Ballesteros had a huge impact uh, in getting the Ryder Cup to Spain, that is really, in, in many ways, the reason why John Rahm is where he is today. Mm. Uh, Brooks Kepka, some people say that he maybe fell apart in that final round, which I, I, not too many people would have picked because he is he's already won Ford Major Championships. He gets himself in that position. He knows how to win. So was that a little bit of surprise that he did fall apart in that fourth round? Well, if you look at it, ever since 2019, you know, he won the PJ Championship at Bethpage in New York, uh, but it was a very 
shaky round of golf. He had a huge, huge lead in the final round and, and actually almost kind of blew it there. And ever since then, he's had some, some pretty uh, poor final round showings. And on the other hand, you know, Kepka's kind of been out of the mix for the last, for a little more than a year. He's had injuries. He's had all kinds of things, uh, personal life and whatever. He, he was really questioning whether he was going to be able to compete at the highest level again. And that's one of the reasons why he decided to leave the PGA tour and, and take the money from live golf. Um, so I, I think to have him in contention again, at a major and at a tournament like that is, is um, I think proof that, that he's not finished. He's still got a lot in him. Uh, why did he fail in the final round? You know, maybe it was because of the conditions. He, he had really good conditions to play him the first two days, and maybe he struggled to adjust when it got a little bit colder and windier. Um, maybe it's not having the reps, uh, the repetition of being in the, the final group of majors in the last couple years. Uh, I don't know, but certainly it's something to monitor, and if he gets back in position to win one of these things at the U.S. Open or the PGA, the, the Open Championship, whatever it is, uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can do a little bit better in that final round than he did uh, at the Masters. You've mentioned Live Golf a couple of times. Uh, media probably tend to play this up a little bit more. Did you sense amongst the players that there was a division between those that have signed with Live and those that have stuck with the PGA? I wouldn't say division. Look, I think Phil Mickelson uh, started the week. He was kind of um, a little bit withdrawn and, and kind of off on his own. There was you know, a report that, that, that the the dinner for former champions that he really didn't say anything and was just kind of off on his own. Um, I don't know. You know, I think uh, the players enjoyed the fact that all the best players in the world were at this one, which is not something we're getting now very often with the split. Um, not that Liv has a ton of those those elite guys, but obviously Kepka and, and Cameron Smith and uh, Dustin Johnson. There's certainly a few who uh, have been at the highest level who you're not seeing week in and week out on the PGA Tour competing with, with the Roms and the McElroys. So uh, I think it was it was nice. Uh, I think, as Mickelson said after after the tournament was over, from his perspective, everyone kind of rose above the pettiness. And it was nice to see that, that everyone was kind of together, uh, which is just not happening very often these days. And what about from the fans? Was there a split amongst the fans? Were the fans sort of pro one way or the other? Or were they just there to see the best golfers play? Yeah, well, the Masters fans and the, the patrons there, they're, they're always very respectful, um, and I thought they were here as well. But it was noticeable to me, like, certainly on, on Thursday, I, I followed Phil Mickelson around uh, for a good portion of the day, and it wasn't a typical Phil Mickelson gallery. You know, he's, he's been one of the most popular, beloved guys on the PGA Tour for, for many years, and it's always a huge event. When he shows up, he gets not not maybe Tiger galleries, but, but close to it. And he didn't this time. And so is that because of Liv um, and what's happened there? I think so. I think that's got to play some role in it. But I also think that, that maybe you know the common fan isn't quite as dialed in on everything that's going on in professional mm. golf right now as maybe some of us nerds are. <laughs> if Phil Mickelson or Brooks Koepka uh, had have ended up winning this, how big a boost would it have been for Liv? You know, I don't know that at this point it really makes that much of a difference. Uh, look, when you have some of the guys that have gone to live, they're clearly capable of winning big tournaments. Uh, 
I mean, Cam Smith just won the Open Championship last year. There are certainly some guys on, on the live tour who I would consider sort of past their prime or on the downside of their career. Um, you know, I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot more of, uh, you know, Bubba Watson winning big tournaments or anything like that. Uh, but they do have guys who are who are fully capable. And I just feel like, um, you know, the, the, the fans uh, are, are picking sides in some ways. Um, you know, the players have, have kind of picked their side. I don't think Liv is at this point in a position to, to offer more of those, you know, $200 million contracts. Um, they need to start making some money first, which they haven't really done. So I just think it's kind of at a stasis right now. But, but certainly – there were guys who, who have played on live who did well at the masters and that that proves that it's the guys who are still working to compete even if they've gone to live are still very good golfers mm. okay but I'll, I'll just continue on this theme a little bit how how do you think it would have played out what do you think the media's reaction would have been or the story or the narrative well, if a live player had have won this yeah i mean look it, it certainly made for for an easy sort of, of, of narrative. I mean, here you go in the final group. It's, it's John Rahm, one of the PGA Tours, uh, you know, stalwart guys, their biggest defend, his biggest, or, or their biggest defender versus uh, Brooks Kepka, who's one of the most successful players who went to live. And, and it, it does make for a juicy storyline. And certainly there were a lot in the media who, um, you know, noticed that and, and thought it was a great uh, uh, thing that, uh, that, that Brooks Kepka did not win and you didn't have the masters having to uh, put a green jacket around the shoulders of a live guy. Mm. I, I just certainly from a narrative perspective, it would have been interesting, but I just don't know it, mm. in real life what, if it makes that much difference. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about, let's talk a little bit about John Ram. Then he's won four out of his last 10 tournaments. What makes him such a special golfer? Is it technique? Is it the top two inches? I mean, what is it about this guy? Why is he so successful? I think the biggest thing with Rom is just he's good at everything. He's a, obviously one of the best drivers of the golf ball on the PGA Tour. He's one of the best iron players. He's an excellent putter. His chipping statistics are, are off the charts. Uh, so it's just he's he's a guy without weaknesses, and he his game translates to every type of course. There's a lot of players, I would say most players, even, even some of the great players. Certain types of courses don't fit their eye or they, they – you know, they, they can't really compete at a U.S. Open, but maybe they can win a Masters where there's not as much rough, that kind of thing. Rom seems to have a game that, that travels everywhere and can win on any type of course. He's already got a U.S. Open and he's got a Masters. Uh, so two very different types of tests. And, and he's, I think, very much a, a candidate to win at any tournament he enters if he's playing well. And, you know, early in his career, he, he maybe uh, blew up a little bit mentally and uh, got mad at himself and was was maybe a little bit of a handful on the course in terms of controlling his anger, but he does seem to have matured and gotten a lot better at that. So uh, I just think it, it's it's the distance he hits it off the tee, it's how accurate he is with his irons, and he's just a really good good around the greens. He's he's the whole package. Tiger Woods withdrawing. Tiger Woods still struggling with this leg injury that he that occurred in a car accident some years back. Where to now for Tiger Woods? What can the golf fans expect from this guy going forward? I don't think we should expect very much, to be honest with you. Uh, that was a real struggle for him to walk that course. He's got clear issues with his leg, with his foot. Um, and I just think it's 
a lot to ask, you know, for him to be competitive week in and week out. He's got to put his body through such a, a huge ordeal just to be able to go out and play 18 holes uh, with the stretching and the rehab and the ice and takes hours. And I just don't know it's at a certain point if it's worth it for him to continue to try to do that if he's just going to kind of be a ceremonial type of player. And, yeah, you can show up at Augusta. You can show up at some of the majors and, and play, but it's really not going to help you or, or it's really not going to do much for you at this point if you are um, struggling to miss to make cuts or you're not a candidate to win. I just don't see Tiger Woods being happy mm. with that kind of golf existence. Just want to touch on Augusta National. Just want to talk about the golf course itself and the running of the tournament. Was Has there been any criticism? We saw a couple of trees fall down in an electrical storm. Um, they postponed a number of rounds, uh, players having to double up. Did they manage it as best as they could? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, that was a scary situation on Friday. It was uh, huge amounts of rain. Um, you know, we'll never really know what happened there be- with the trees falling uh, because they're very secretive there about what uh, uh, what their inner workings are and, and how they manage things. But you can certainly bet that they deployed a lot of resources after that happened to, to try to make sure it wasn't going to happen again to the to their best of their abilities. Um I think one of the big controversies of the week to start was about the 13th hole, which is a very famous par five. Uh, it had gotten to the point where these players now with the distance they hit off the tee, you know, were basically hitting short irons into that green in two. And so Augusta moved that tee box really back as far as they could. You know, now players finish the 12th hole, the par three, and they're like, walking you know, way up this hill uh, to the to the back of the property to try to hit that next tee shot. And uh, I think it had the effect that they wanted. Players were still able to get there in two, but, but it, it was with longer clubs. And uh, I think it turned out to be a pretty decent change. Um, other than that, the Masters is just an impeccably run event. Augusta National does a terrific job every year. They, they – uh, just have everything very much down to a science uh, in terms of, you know, concessions, in terms of, um, you know, the cleanliness of, of bathrooms, of, uh, you know, selling merchandise, uh, parking. They just, everything they do is first class. They have it so well organized. The people who, who work there uh, are, are very pleasant and very good at their jobs. So uh, the Masters is just, uh, it's, it's the best run tournament in golf, and I don't think there's any question about that. Okay, what's the focus now for those on the PGA? Well, they're going this week to Hilton Head, which is a big, another big event. Uh, it's um, you know kind of a course uh, along the the ocean in, in uh, South Carolina. Uh, you know, you'll see most of the big players there again, I think. Uh, but uh, for all intents and purposes, people start thinking now about the PGA, which is the next major, uh, going to be played at Oak Hill, which is a you know, very historic golf course, uh, and, and that's basically in, in like a month. So. Uh, you get that next major, and, and I think that's what all these guys are aiming for. And obviously, we'll see if John Rahm can uh, win win the first two legs of the Grand Slam. And certainly, he's going to be a good candidate to do that. Dan, welcome. We appreciate your time on the program. Thank you. Thanks.